0: Welcome to Our Shoreline Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at EDASCC.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline Your Horizon podcast. Today, I'm going to be diving into the realm of regional planning. Communities typically have local planning commissions and contracted or full-time planners to work on development, redevelopment, roads, and parks planning. What you may not know is that there is a department of the county that works on countywide planning activities, which is similar and yet different um, than what happens at the local level. So sitting here with me today is Dave Strzok who is the executive director of the St. Clair County Metropolitan Planning Commission. Welcome to the podcast, Dave.
1: Great to be here, Dan.
0: So, I want to better understand the role of the planning commission and how it works to impact the region's economy, its residents, and its businesses. So, before we dive into that, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into planning?
1: Yeah, sure. So I went to school, went to my undergrad at Grand Valley State, and got a bachelor's degree in public administration. Uh, from there, it was uh, 2001, and, and September 11th had just happened, and so I was kind of figuring out, okay, what direction do I want to go in, um, kind of looking at my options. I knew I wanted to do something with, uh, you know, working with uh, communities, uh, kind of in a com- community planning role, and so decided to go to Michigan State, get my master's degree in urban planning, and graduated there in 2003. Started my uh, my first job was actually with a consulting firm, and I was fortunate enough to work under the mentorship of one of the state's leading experts in terms of zoning and planning issues. And so that was a great first year of experience in sort of getting my feet wet and understanding the different issues that local communities face day to day and longer term, of course. And then from there came to St. Clair County in 2004. Had the uh, the privilege to work under Bill Kaufman. So I think I've been pretty fortunate from a my career standpoint, in terms of having really good mentorship, in terms of you know learning from people who really knew how to deal with people, deal with communities, and and kind of deal with the issues that come up. Because in planning, oftentimes there's a lot of gray area. Nothing is is always cut and dry. Um, so you need to be able to have uh, you know work with relationships and collaborate with others.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There is uh, some difference between what you do at the county level. And what, say, a local planner would do, obviously, there's a lot of overlap. So let's dive into that a little bit. Can you create, for me, a distinction between, say, a local planner's job and what your, your team does?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, so at the local level, the issues and the, uh, the different cases that come before a local unit of government are going to be much more closer to home for people. So those are going to be the issues that are going to affect those people's backyards, you know, their streets their parks, in their community. Um, Here in St. Clair County, we do not have any county zoning. So any types of land use issues, those decisions are all made at the local level. So things like uh, if there's a a zoning change, if somebody's coming to try to rezone a piece of property from one zoning designation to another, that's going to be handled at the local level. If there's site plan review activities that are taking place, you know, if somebody's trying to put an addition to their home, things like that, that's all handled at the local level. So at the county level you know given that we don't have zoning jurisdiction a lot of what we get involved in tends to take a wider view kind of a bigger picture look now there's definitely some statutory relationships that we have with the townships in particular not so much with the cities but when it comes to things like a rezoning those ultimately do come to the county for an advisory recommendation but otherwise we don't get involved in site plan review at the local level we don't get involved when somebody's trying to get uh, like a special approval permit, things of that nature, if they're trying to get a variance for their property. That stuff does not make its way to county planning. So we do, like I said, we, we sort of take a wider angle. We do uh, work closely with our townships and, and cities and villages. You know, as you said, a lot of our communities, they have varying levels of resources, right? So besides the county, the city of Port Huron is the only municipality that has a planning department. And so a lot of our communities don't have either the resources or the know-how to deal with, with some issues when they do come up. So they'll turn to us, whether it's for informal reviews of uh, something that they're trying to look at. They need assistance going after a particular grant. Funding opportunity we will definitely assist with that. In some circumstances, we'll actually contract with them right. and we'll work with them to update their plans to make sure that they're up-to-date, that they're eligible to go after funding opportunities, and that you know things are current. Because um, these days... You know, things out there in the real world, I mean, they happen so quickly, they change so quickly. Um, so it really does, it's very important for communities to have an updated master plan and, and to be able to have that to help guide decision making.
0: Yeah. So under Michigan's Planning and Zoning Act, communities are, it's recommended that they update their master plans every five years. And as you said, some communities struggle to do that because of lack of staff, you know, and that's a, a staff intensive kind of. Effort. So, a lot of the local communities they contract with planning agencies, and then your job might be to work with those planning agencies. But in some cases, these communities are actually contracting with the county with Metro Planning to update the master plan. So, that t- talk about that process a little bit.
1: Yeah, so in, in certain circumstances, you know, some communities they may not have the funds available that, you know, getting a planning consultant on, an, on a regular basis would require. Um, and even for some of the longer range projects, especially if it's a plan or, a, you know, a recreation plan that hasn't been updated in a very long time, you know, those things do cost money. So some communities, they'll go put an RFP out, try to get a consultant to come on board, give them a hand. Um, that doesn't always work out for them. And more recently, we've experienced communities that have tried to put out an RFP and they've got no responses, you know, so they need help to get these things done so that they're meeting, you know, statutory requirements and, and staying up to date. So that's where we sort of come in, you know. When we're specifically requested by local leaders to, you know, give a scope of work and you know what it might take for us to help come under contract, we're not out there to, to compete with the private sector by any stretch. So if a community's put out an RFP, we're not responding to an RFP. You know, we're coming in when they're when they're asking us for some specific help, and that's when we will get involved in that that type of situation.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, parks and recreation plans, so. For example, but the county's got a countywide park system. So, what's your role in that?
1: Yeah, so the county parks and rec commission. You know, that's uh, just one of many departments that we do work with from an internal standpoint. You know, I was just talking about you know working with the townships and cities, but we do a lot with the with internal organization as well. From a county parks perspective, we handle all of the long range recreation planning for county parks. So, every year, every community in Michigan has to do a five-year recreation plan. And they have to do that if, if they're going to go after any sort of grant funding through the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, right? So the, you know, the, the plans typically have to follow this the same sort of format, but we will handle that on behalf of the county. We'll do all the public engagement for that. We'll work with our Parks Commission and work with them to understand what types of capital projects are going to be kind of on the horizon and make sure everything's put into those plans. And we'll do that with the locals as well.
0: Let's talk a little bit about roads. You've got a pretty extensive role in road planning, road management, and so forth, working with the Road Commission and others. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's actually probably an area that a lot of people may not know how much the the Metropolitan Planning Commission is involved in terms of the transportation planning process. Um, You know, With the federal funds that come into St. Clair County, our office actually coordinates all of those funds that come in. So all of the road funding that comes in for the road commission, as well as all of the uh, the road agencies throughout the county, all of the transit capital and operating funds that come in for Blue Water Transit, from a federal standpoint, that all gets coordinated through our office. So you know we're given a certain amount of funding, you know every so often uh, every year, and uh, our communities really work well together. Our road agencies, transit, they all work well together to basically take that money and divvy it up based on needs. You know road conditions, um, you know where other projects may have already occurred um, so it's really one of the best examples of uh, collaboration we've had in St. Clair County for a long time. It's been a really good system
0: right I know locally communities do things like uh, rating their roads and then uh, creating capital improvement programs, which you know are used to determine where funding is going to go and when usually the the roads that have the greatest need get prioritized in a capital improvement plan so is the same true at the county level when you're talking about county roads?
1: Yeah, and actually our department does the road rating for the whole county, so we'll take care of all of the federal aid roads, whether it's a road commission road or if it's in a city. We'll do all of those federal aid road ratings. And so we'll work, you know, we'll work in conjunction with those agencies. Uh, typically, when our staff goes out to rate the roads, we'll have somebody from the road commission, somebody from MDOT, so that everybody's kind of on the same page as far as what those ratings look like. But that's an important uh, process, that asset management function. It's all heavily coordinated amongst our local road agencies. All of that filters into coordinating with SEMCOG, which is our Southeast Michigan Council of Governments, which we are a part of. It covers the seven-county metro Detroit region. When it comes to transportation funding and, and planning, there's, there's an immense amount of coordination between the county with SEMCOG and with MDOT. It's a very uh, fine-tuned process at this point.
0: Yeah, and it needs to because it's complicated and, and roads are expensive. Exactly. Uh, public infrastructure, whatever it is, is expensive, including transit. So um, it does require a lot of coordination. Everybody has a role in that process.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: A couple of other things I wanted to touch on real quick, and then we'll just kind of open it up for you to fill in some other blanks, is there's uh, a land bank authority and there's also a county brownfield authority. So in St. Clair County, there's one existing local brownfield authority, which is in the city of Port Huron, but pretty much no other community has that. So the county's brownfield authority kind of fills that role. Let's talk a little bit about what a brownfield authority is and why that's important for the community.
1: Yeah, so our brownfield authority has been around since about 2006, 2007. And, you know, really it's an important tool for economic development. Um, It also plays a role in helping to clean up our environment here in the county. So we do have a brownfield authority that those members are appointed by the board of commissioners, and we've been lucky in recent years in that we've gotten uh, some funding through the EPA. The first grant we received from the EPA was a million dollars, and that allowed us to do environmental assessments, so phase one environmental assessments, phase two assessments, and brownfield plans. And and really, what that allows us to do is to help bring some tools and some extra added incentives to. Uh, development projects for cleanup activities, uh, certain activities that are associated with uh, redevelopment projects, will be eligible for reimbursement through the brownfield plan, and that's that happens through a tax capture, basically a TIF, a brownfield TIF, um, where there's a baseline tax assessment given, and then that increment, that added value from the new development, is what is captured to help you know reimburse those costs. So yeah,
0: so and there's you know one really good example of that which is the uh, Marine City Hotel project, where it was a former repair shop, automotive repair shop. And there was an underground gasoline tank there and some soils that had been contaminated. They needed to be removed. And so the assessment of the hotel, which generates tax revenue, could be tapped into to pay off the costs of cleaning up that site. So That's important because otherwise, you know, those sites are not going to get developed or if they are going to get developed, they might have ongoing obligations to monitor whatever that contamination is to make sure it doesn't spread to other properties or get worse. So it's really kind of an important issue for the county and really all across the country, you know, to get these sites cleaned up. So I think the Brownfield Authority is, is probably really important to Making ensuring that that happens here in the county.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's an important tool as well from a a liability standpoint when somebody's looking at a potential redevelopment of of some property. It's a tool that can benefit both large businesses as well as small business. And we've seen that with our our own grant. So it does uh, provide a level of protection for somebody who's willing to go in and invest in a property that in many cases has been sitting there untouched, kind of festering away for a long time. Um, in these communities. So this is a, you know gives an opportunity to put those properties back into a productive parcel for the community.
0: Right, gotcha. The uh, land bank authority, though, we should touch on that for a second. Those are typically tax-perverted properties that fall into the county's hands, and then you, the land bank authority's purpose is to try to get those properties either redeveloped or back into the hands of the private sector so that they can be rehabilitated and you know, again, serve the community in some fashion. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, that's just another tool that that Michigan, the legislature in Michigan has given to local communities. You know, with the land bank function, it does bring some of the the same tools that are available through uh, brownfields. That opens up uh, the brownfield incentives that may not be available on properties otherwise. But if a property is part of a land bank, it automatically gets that same uh, classification. Helps with, you know, clearing up title issues. Potential land assembly, so there's a lot of versatility with it, and it can be as, like I said, land assembly, or it can deal with uh, if you get into a more populated area where you've got some homes that are maybe in disrepair. There's opportunities there for the land bank to acquire, rehab those homes, get them out to uh, new homeowners, and now you've got you know kind of an enhanced presence in the neighborhood. So another good tool for communities to use.
0: So we talked about parks, roads, planning activities, including doing master plans and. Parks plans. We talked about Brownfield Authority. We talked about the land bank. That seems like a lot of responsibility. So, how big is your your team?
1: So we have uh, we have a team of uh, six planners on the staff. That's including me, professional planners, and then we also have a GIS technician that we share with our IT department. And so that the Geographic Information Systems is what GIS stands for. Um, He's the one that does all of our nice looking maps, all that sort of technology. Uh, piece that goes along with a lot of the projects that we work on. Um, and then we also have an administrative support person as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, we do cover a lot of different areas, both from an external standpoint and then from the county organization itself. You know, and that's one of the things that I've always liked about working at the county level. You know, you asked earlier about kind of that difference between the local planning side and the county planning side. You know, a lot of times at the local level, a planner that might be working for a community, in some senses, they may only be Working on things like site plan reviews and and zoning type issues for you know a long time. And here at the county, I think we're fortunate in that we get to work in so many different areas. From an organizational standpoint, um, we also manage the county's capital improvement program. So we work with all of our county departments to understand what their planned capital investments are over the next five years. We do that on an annual basis. We've also had the opportunity to work with other departments like emergency management we do their hazard mitigation planning for the county. So we actually just wrapped up the most recent hazard mitigation plan for the county, which covers all of the communities within St. Clair County that have also adopted this plan. And it opens up eligibility for them to go after FEMA funding in the event of, uh, you know, some sort of a hazard incident, some sort of um, emergency event. And the, the cool thing about it this time is that, you know, a lot of times when we do plans, we've got these big, thick tombs that (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm sure that yeah. most people want to spend their time reading. This one we actually did was completely web-based, and, and it was the first completely web-based plan that was approved by FEMA, at least in our region, and it was definitely one of the first in the nation that's completely web-based. So that was a nice change to kind of do something different, working with emergency management. Um, we've also worked in the past with our library system, with our health department, doing strategic planning for th- those organizations. So yeah, it, it's it's you know, never dull. I'll say that for sure. You know, and then you also mentioned the park piece of it as well. We definitely have been working with our community partners for a number of years now to, you know, complete our regional trail network and the Bridge to Bay Trail. Mm-hmm. We also created and managed the Blue Waves of St. Clair. If you're familiar with that, that's the, uh, our system of 17 water trails here in the county. So I don't think a lot of people may be familiar with uh, the fact that we run that, but that's been a, a real... Point of pride for our department as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we have a national uh, designated water trail, yep. which is unusual. So that's uh, just a tremendous amount of responsibility that you and your team have. So congratulations on doing such a great job for the county for such a long time. And also to the, the commissioners themselves that are approving a lot of these plans and working side by side with your team.
1: Yeah. And, and that's important to note is that, you know, the planning, the Metropolitan Planning Commission, you know, we are the planning department for the county. But as I said earlier, we do have that 11-member commission that's appointed by the Board of Commissioners, and each one of those members represents a different sector of our community. So we have somebody representing agriculture. We have somebody representing business and, and recreation and tourism. Um, so it's a really good mix, and we've, got, we've had a few people who have really, uh, you know, done some great things with us on the commission. They've been on there for a long time and have a lot of institutional knowledge.
0: Well, I'd say that the uh, EDA team really enjoys working with your team as well. and Likewise. Yeah, we work well together. I think it's because all of us on both teams are committed to making this a better place. And, and so we're both doing that in our own way, and there's a lot of overlap between planning and economic development naturally. Absolutely. So thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Dave.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah.
0: To those of you at home, I want to remind you that the EDA's programs, services, and mission is to enhance and grow our region's economy. It's because of many members and their commitment that we are able to keep doing this work. So here's a big thank you to the EDA members. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I look forward to sharing more great stories and introducing you to the people that make a difference in the Thumb Coast region of Michigan. Look for me on the next Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find our shoreline, Your Horizon, on your favorite podcast app.